This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Thursday. August the 18th, 2022. Thanks for joining us. Hey, we got a pretty nice day today. It's nice and cool this morning. We got some blue skies, sun's out. Great day to be alive in the Midwest. All right, if you haven't subscribed yet to the Affirm America podcast, run over to affirmamerica.com. Drop us in your email address. We'll send you a notice when it comes out. Today is uh, your top five headlines for this Thursday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. The CDC vows internal overhaul to repair reputation. From the Hill, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, Director Rochelle Walensky, said Wednesday that the agency did not reliably meet expectations and would overhaul its operations after an external review found shortcomings in the COVID-19 response. The review began in April, comes after the CDC faced heavy criticism for its stumbles both in the early days of the pandemic and more recently with critics pointing to confusion, guidance, and slow responses. From Politico, the CDC restructuring follows two reviews conducted in recent months, one by Health Resources and Services Administration official Jim McRae, into the CDC's pandemic response and another by CDC Chief of Staff Sherry Berger into agency operations. Specifically, McRae's review, which included 120 interviews with CDC staffs and people outside the agency, recommended a series of improvements including releasing scientific findings and data more quickly to improve transparency, translating science into practical and easy-to-understand policy, improving communication with the public, working better with other agencies and public health partners, and training and incentivizing the agency's workforce to respond better to public health emergencies. Well, it took a little little while for them to realize that uh, the pandemic response was a complete and total disaster. There was so many conflicting Responses to the COVID. One day it was wear masks. The next day it was no, not wear masks. And it was just a real mess. Fauci was coming out one day saying one thing and then changing his mind in the next interview. It was just a real complete confusion. Uh, the general public is, has lost complete faith in the CDC. And finally they realized it, which people have been talking about for forever during the entire pandemic. So I hope that they can uh, realize their mistakes and adjust and fix their situation because the CDC needs to be a reliable source that's transparent and that the public can trust because uh, the public's health depends upon these important issues. All right, headline number four. Smith & Wesson defends Second Amendment amid unjustified attack on firearm industry. From Fox News. Smith & Wesson took to Twitter to hit back at politicians in the media for suggesting that the gun manufacturer 
and not the policies they support were responsible for rising crime rates nationwide. The company argued that cities with soft-on-crime policies and the strictest gun laws are the same ones suffering from violence. From Fox News, Smith & Wesson Incorporated, amid an unprecedented and unjustified attack on the firearm industry, Smith & Wesson President and CEO issues strong statement. From the Daily Wire, President Joe Biden has made gun control one of his main priorities. He has repeated his calls to ban certain semi-automatic rifles and high-capacity magazines after mass shooting events. Okay, so we've, we've talked about this before. It's not the guns that create the violence. It's the heart of the individual, the mentally ill person, the one that has some resentment towards another person. These are the underlying causes. It's not the guns themselves, the law-abiding citizens who carry firearms to hunt or to protect their families and their property. These are not the issues. It's really the people that have the problems, the mental illness. We don't justify the car as being the purpose of an accident. It's the driver behind the car. So there's many examples of that. And this is just um, more, uh, more control by government trying to control, take away the weapons. There's probably some more nefarious reasons totalitarian dictators in Venezuela, the first thing they did was to disarm the citizens. And then when the dictators come in, it's very easy to take over the nation. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we don't see as a result of this, the manipulation and those that are in power. So I think uh, the Second Amendment is uh, a very important amendment that we have in our Constitution. The founding fathers knew that they're fleeing from uh, The king, King George, because of his abuse and his execution of Christians is a good enough reason for us to have the right to bear arms. All right, headline number three. Planned Parenthood throws record $50 million into the midterm elections. From Fox News, the pro-choice organization Planned Parenthood is pouring a record $50 million into the 2022 midterm elections in an attempt to elect pro-choice candidates up and down the ballot this November. In a press release Wednesday, Planned Parenthood announced its massive midterm spending plan and the launch of its new electoral spending program, Take Control, following the Supreme Court's June decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, making way for the states to place stricter restrictions and bans on abortion. The organization announced its funds will be strategically used to elect abortion rights champions across the country, who are critical to protecting abortion access in a post-Roe world. From the Daily Wire, indeed, midterm election outcomes in many state legislature and gubernatorial races could allow Republican lawmakers to pass more abortion regulations. Okay, well, the first question I have is, where did Planned Parenthood get $50 million to throw into a political race? My understanding is that Planned Parenthood is uh, taxpayer-funded, and if they're using those funds or where that money's coming from to push an agenda, a political agenda, then that needs to be researched and checked because I don't want my tax money being spent against something that I'm not maybe in favor of. And I think there's a lot of Americans out there that may feel the same way. And so the fact that Planned Parenthood has those kind of dollars needs to be checked out and needs to make sure that it's not coming from uh, taxpayer investment. All right, headline number two. 
Liz Cheney ponders a 2024 presidential run. Being rejected by her state is not enough. She is thinking about being rejected by the entire GOP. National Review, Representative Liz Cheney admitted Wednesday that she is thinking about running for president in 2024, hours after losing the Republican primary for Wyoming's only House seat to Trump-backed Harriet Hageman in a landslide. Asked about her career plans by the Today Show's Savannah Guthrie, Cheney was initially coy, but when pressed again, Cheney admitted a presidential run was on her mind. From the Today Show, I'll make a decision in the coming months, Representative Liz Cheney said about possibly running for president. Katie Pavlich, Cheney will be out of her current job soon, but has already launched a new organization to oppose President Donald Trump and hinted during her concession speech that she plans to run for the White House. From Town Hall, Dines D'Souza, any incumbent member of Congress who loses by 40 points in a primary isn't ready to win the presidency any more than a tennis player who loses 6-0-6-0-6-0 in the first round is ready to win Wimbledon. Oh, the arrogance of Liz Cheney. She really thinks that she is so great, so great of an individual, so self-centered, so self-minded, that she's blinded by her arrogance and uh, her misunderstanding of how the people of Wyoming and the GOP, her party, feels about her. She's such a bitter woman, has no vision, only to get Trump, which is, it's a disaster for her to even consider that since he is the top of the ticket for the GOP. Who does she think she is? She's been out of touch for a while, and that's why the Wyoming citizens rejected her in the election just recently by not a small margin, but by a landslide. So Liz Cheney, you need to go back and do some reflection. You need to think about uh, your future, because I don't think the presidency is going to be in your future. You might want to think about maybe staying down there on the farm and uh, maybe raising some chickens and pigs. All right, headline number one. Media outlets rush to rename Inflation Reduction Act. From Fox News, Twitter users took several media outlets and reporters to task for no longer using the term Inflation Reduction Act to describe the massive spending bill President Biden signed into law on Tuesday. As the bill came closer to being signed into law, more media outlets began referring to it as Climate and Health Bill instead, citing nearly $369 billion going toward investments in energy security and climate change. From Fox News, CNN and Chiefs White House correspondent Caitlin Collins and Senator Manchin is here at the White House for President Biden's signing of the Climate Tax and Health Care Bill. More examples of relabeling the bill. The Associated Press, Biden signs massive climate and health care legislation. The New York Times, Biden signs climate health bill into law as other economic goals remain. NBC, Biden signs major climate health care and tax bill into law. What's really amazing about this article is just how much all these mainstream media outlets are all on the same page using the same terminology, which really makes you wonder how, who's pulling the strings on these media outlets? Who's behind this? This corporate unity based on the language really just shows you how biased the media is. There is no 
independence. There's no no difference in from one media outlet to the other. It's like they're reading off the same page, and they are trying. And it's all slanted towards the Democrats. So it's definitely a Democrat majority that's either the reporters or the corporations that are pushing their narrative, and we can see it very clearly in in how they all speak off the same page in unison at the same time. That's what you have today. Uh, It's an opinion. Media does not do what it's supposed to do, which is to keep the big governments in check by asking the difficult questions. That's where we are today in 2022. All right, that's your top five headlines for this uh, Thursday. August the 18th, 2022. Thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the Affirm America podcast. God bless you. And we'll see you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.